Hello everybody and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm your host Nick Berlansky and today we will continue my 2022-23 Pittsburgh Penguins player reviews. If you missed Monday's episode, you can go back and check that out. I review the seasons of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. A lot of positives when talking about those two guys. Not very many negatives. Certainly the two best players on the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. So I guess it's all downhill from here. We'll see how it goes today as we will be talking about two more players, Jake Gensel and Jason Zucker, the two best left wingers on the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. Starting with Jake Gensel, because when you talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins and the best players, specifically the best forwards of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Malkin and Crosby are in a league of their own, right? That much is obvious. But then Jake Gensel usually sits by himself in that second tier, at least in my opinion. Listen, I love Ricard Raquel. He had a phenomenal year, and we'll talk about him on Friday. Brian Rust, historically, has been very, very good for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He had a rough season. We'll also talk about him on Friday's episode. And Jason Zucker, listen, I have a I have a special place in my heart for Jason Zucker. I am a massive fan of the way he plays the game and the energy in which he brings to this organization. We'll talk about him in a couple minutes on this episode. But Jake Gensel, in my opinion, sits above those players in a class of his own for Tier 2. I would say they're in Tier 3, and that's when it comes to the forwards. We're not getting into the defensemen because obviously Latang is up there as well. But I would say Gensel's potential, his talent, his skill puts him in that tier alone, which also raises the expectations for Gensel a little bit higher than they are for anybody else in the top six as far as wingers are concerned, right? There were people, namely me, that thought Jake Gensel could push 50 goals this season. We've seen him reach the 40-goal plateau twice, I believe. If not, let me double-check that really quickly since I have his hockey reference page up right here. We love how long it takes for for it to to load, though. Uh, But he has scored 40 goals twice on the nose. He scored at least 20 goals in every year that he's played a full season. Or at least he has started the season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He scored 16 in his rookie year in 2016-17 when he was called up midseason, played 40 games, scored 16 goals. So he's a two-time 40-goal scorer. And some people, including me, thought this kid could score 50 this year. Didn't quite get to that. But there's a reason for that, and we'll talk about that here in a second. His stats this season, 36 goals, led the Pittsburgh Penguins for the second time in his career. 37 assists, which was good for third on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And 73 points in 79 games, which was also good for third on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Excuse me, 78 games played. Good for third on the Pittsburgh Penguins. His underlying numbers, 53% of the shot attempts at 5-on-5, 6th on the Penguins, 54% of the expected goals for at 5-on-5, 
which is good for 10th on the Penguins, and 54.6% of the scoring chances at 5-on-5, which is good for 4th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So yeah, he's one of the best players on the team, and even in a year where something seemed off, his numbers still elevated at the top of the pack. The highlight moment for him, it really wasn't anything in particular. It wasn't one goal or one performance. It was just the start of the season for Jake Gensel. He was red hot to start the year. And that was with an injury because he got injured in the last game before going out west. We all remember that horrid road trip that started the seven-game losing streak out in western Canada. Jake Gensel missed the first three of those games. He didn't play in Edmonton. He didn't play in Calgary. He didn't play against Vancouver. He returned against Seattle. So he missed four games. But despite that, he had eight goals in the first 10 games that he played in the season. That was insane. Like his shot was going in Everything was going right for him, and he had eight goals in 10 games, which is a pace, unrealistic pace, but a pace nonetheless of 65 goals on the season. It's unrealistic for Jake Gensel, I should say. Not unrealistic in general, because we've seen Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews the last two years just be absolutely ungodly. But a 65-goal pace through 10 games this season for Jake Gensel. That's the highlight moment, because... That was the most consistency he brought the entire year. That's the one thing that was weird about Gensel this year. Everybody says, you know, that's the quietest 36-goal performance I've ever seen in a season. And I would tend to agree, but the problem was he came out to that hot start, and then for the first time in his career, he's been consistent every season that he's been with the Penguins. Never really gets too low, never really gets too, too high unless it's in the playoffs and he he absolutely goes berserk. But during the regular season, he's usually paces himself very well. Not many peaks, not many valleys, just straight line goal scoring. That wasn't the case this year. I already mentioned the hot streak that he started with. And then he goes on a very, very strange cold streak when it comes to actual goal scoring he was still collecting points he was still scoring on the power play but at even strength his goal scoring touch was just not there right we expect Jake Gensel to be at this point 35 40 goal scorer every season while he's in his prime he was on a 28 goal pace through that which not bad 28 goals in a season is a good NHLer But there's a higher level of expectation, like I said earlier, for Jake Gensel. Between November 12th and January 5th, Gensel scored 22 points in 24 games. So if you just looked at the box score, you'd say, eh, nothing's wrong with Jake Gensel. He's still one of the best players on the team, and he was. And all is fine and dandy. But if you watch those games back, something seemed off with Jake Gensel, and the way at which he was compiling stats was not normal for him. Only seven goals in that span. Like I said, a a pace in a full season of 26 or 27 goals, which is far below his standards at this level of his career. But even weirder than that, only four goals at even strength. Four even strength goals in 24 games. 
which means three on the power play. And of those four on the even strength, three of them were empty net goals. So between November 12th and January 5th, almost two calendar months, Jake Gensel scored at five on five against an actual goaltender once. Such a strange cold streak. Because like I said, he had 22 points in 24 games. Jake Gensel is not thought of as a facilitator. He is the trigger man on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, Gino and Sid always get their stats. They always get their numbers. And they can score goals. They can get assists. They can do it all. But Gensel is the trigger man of this team. And he had one even strength goal in two months? That was strange. That was strange. He broke through on January 8th, scored two even strength goals against the Arizona Coyotes, and finished out the season with 22 or 21 goals in 44 games from that point on, which is a pace of close to 40 goals. So a weird, volatile season that even in that last 44 games, there were times where, all right, here comes Jake Gensel, here comes Jake Gensel, and then he'd fall off for a handful of games. It was weird. We don't usually see the peaks and valleys, and hence the reason why everybody says this was the quietest 36-goal season they have ever seen. But still, sneaky production is production. So you can't take it too much against Jake Gensel because he was still a 73-point scorer for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sneaky production is still production. If he can level it out, maybe next season... We can have that conversation again of, could he get to the 50-goal mark? First and foremost, let's hope he gets back to the 40-goal mark, and then we can worry about that extra 10. He remained the best finisher on the team before we we move over to Zucker. I want to say a couple more things about Gensel. He remained the best finisher on the team this season, having a team-high 14.8 shooting percentage, which is still the lowest percentage for him since 2017. It was a strange season for Jake Gensel because there were people that watched and said, oh, he had a bad year. He didn't. He didn't have a bad year by underlying metrics, by his actual counting stats, by the eye test. Yeah, he had some bad stretches, but overall he had a good year. So weird. So weird. And the last thing I'll say about Gensel is his work on the power play still intrigues me. He's been the net front guy ever since Patrick Hornquist left and was traded down to Florida. It started out really rough for Jake Gensel, and since then he's started to start to figure it out. But I would still like to see him moved out of the net front and a little more into that half-wall position that Ricard Raquel and Brian Russ switched back and forth this year. I know that leaves a hole in front of the net. I know I've said in the past that Sidney Crosby might be a guy that would succeed there because he's one of the best at deflections that I've ever watched, personally. But I also understand why you don't want your franchise center, your superstar, sitting in front of the net when Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang are taking absolute clap bombs towards that direction. So I get that to an extent, but when your best goal scorer, your best shooter, is sitting in the net front, you're not utilizing him to his full potential. That's just my opinion. If you share it, Let me know in the comments on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. If you think I'm stupid, also, let me know in the comments on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. Or leave a review anywhere you get your podcast from. Just make sure it's a five-star review. 
Let's move over and talk a little bit about Jason Zucker. His stats this season, 27 goals, tied for fourth on the team with Evgeny Malkin. 21 assists, which was good for 10th on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And 48 points, which was 5th on the team. His underlying stats, shot attempts at 5-on-5, he led the Pittsburgh Penguins. 55.17%. Good on Jason Zucker, coming in first in a good stat there. 57% of the expected goals, 4 at 5-on-5, which was good for 4th on the team. And 54.4% of the scoring chances at 5-on-5, which was good for 6th. The highlight moment... For Jason Zucker, there could be a lot of them because he had a really good season. It was, before I get into his highlight moment, it was so good to see Jason Zucker flourish. Really for the first time since that little stretch after the trade deadline when he was initially acquired. Right, he had a great start with Crosby. The two-goal performance against the Montreal Canadiens. Everybody said, you know what, we paid a lot for him, but... Jason Zucker is going to be a force for this team. Fast forward a couple years later and several injuries later, he finally puts it all together, has a healthy season, and scores 27 goals, the second highest total of his entire career. In a contract year, no less. I absolutely love to see it. The energy, the absolute aggressive and bulldog mentality that Jason Zucker brings is something that not very many, if any, players on this Pittsburgh Penguins team possesses. To see him be able to bring that, be an absolute menace on the forecheck, a menace on the backcheck, a menace in general when he's on the ice, and score 27 goals, almost put up a 30-goal season, that was fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. So while Jake Gensel quietly put up his 36. Jason Zucker demonstrably put up 27, right? You can't help but notice Jason Zucker when he scores. And I love that about him. There's something to be said about Jake Gensel. Listen, this is my job. I go out, I score goals, I raise my hand, we say yay, and then we get back to the circle. Not that Gensel doesn't celebrate, but compared to Jason Zucker, who... Listen, his reactions are phenomenal when he scores a goal. His sellies are top-notch. He demands your attention, and I love that about him. So his highlight moment of the year, to me, has to be the one-timer that he scored on a 2-on-1 against the Buffalo Sabres at Key Bank Center. I believe it was in October. That was in November? Yes. Yeah, it had to have been November because it was the return slash debut of the Pittsburgh Penguins RoboPen jersey. I'm not going to lie. I got a little tired of watching them play in the RoboPen jersey. I loved it when it first came back, and eventually I was just like, can we get back to the regular jerseys? I like those as well. My favorite jersey is the is the diagonal gin and juice Snoop Dogg Pittsburgh diagonal jersey. And the Penguins just kept wearing the RoboPen. But that first game back, everybody was excited. Zucker opens the scoring for the Pittsburgh Penguins with that goal. And wouldn't you know, he just pulls off his glove, does the Yarmir Yager salute. What a moment. Followed up by an even better moment when he gets absolutely buried by the man himself, Yarmir Yager, in a video message. 
Yager said, great imitation of me. Couldn't have done it better, but that shot was a little weak, basically. In not so many words. I, I'm I'm paraphrasing that. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he practically said, uh, Gensel, you might want to hit the gym because that one time or while it was nice, not as hard as I would have shot it. Hilarious from the 50-year-old Yarmir Yager. But that was a great moment, right? You think back through the season, Zucker scoring that goal, doing the salute in the RoboPen jersey, getting Yager's reaction. It was a feel-good moment. It was a great moment for Jason Zucker. And then he went on to continue scoring and continue scoring and had a really good year. He reached that potential, like I said, but he did it at the perfect moment, right? The Pittsburgh Penguins needed every single ounce of production out of the top six that they could muster just to come within one point of making the playoffs. If it wasn't for Zucker having the best season that he's ever had as a Pittsburgh Penguin, if it wasn't for Ricard Raquel, who we'll talk about, having the season that he had, if it wasn't for Jake Gensel, even though he had a volatile season, still putting up 36 goals, if it wasn't for Crosby, if it wasn't for Malkin, if it wasn't for Chris Letang, if it wasn't for the top-tier stars, this season would have gone much worse than it did. And it's already considered one of the worst seasons, if not the most disappointing season of the Sidney Crosby of Genny Malkin era. So the Penguins needed Jason Zucker to be good this year, and he was good this year. They needed him, more importantly, to be available, and he was this season. He proved that if he's healthy, he's a bona fide scorer in the NHL. And unfortunately, I don't know if the Penguins can afford to bring him back. If they don't, it's going to be a tough hole to fill for this team. Not just filling 27 goals, which is hard enough, right? Not just filling almost 50 points, which is hard enough. Not just filling a second-line role alongside Evgeny Malkin, which is a tough spot to find somebody to play in. But the guy forechecks, the guy backchecks, the guy body checks, the guy brings an energy to that line and to this team that not many other players in this organization possess. And if they lose that, yeah, you can go out and sign it, but to get that energy, to get that level of play with a 27-goal scorer doesn't come cheap, and it doesn't come easy. So I hope Jason Zucker's back with the Penguins next year. Obviously, we're going to continue to talk about this until he either signs with the Penguins or signs with another team, but his year in 2022-23 was phenomenal. Better than expected in my eyes. So shout out to Jason Zucker. I found a negative with, with Jake Gensel. The only negative with Jason Zucker is I would like to see him get more assists, but he also only plays at five on five, right? And he's the trigger man. He's not, I mean, he has pretty good passing ability, but when he's on a line with Ricard Raquel, especially, who is a facilitator extraordinaire, and Evgeny Malkin, who needs no introduction, he's not the guy that's going to be setting up very much. He's going to be the guy that's shooting towards the end of it, or he's going to be the guy that's, standing in the net front, screening the goaltender, becoming a problem, right? That's Jason Zucker. So while, yes, I try to find, I you know, I, I if I have a negative, I have a negative, but most of Jason Zucker's game, there, there's not very much negatives. Yeah, he needs to get his assist numbers up. He was pretty, con like, he still had his inconsistency, similar to Gensel, but 
that's expected from Jason Zucker, where it's not as expected as much from Jake Gensel based on their their prior history. So, good season for both of them. Really good season for both of them. We're going to get to the negative ones eventually. But as of right now, I mean, I'm enjoying doing the ones about the players that had good seasons. We're going to have Ricard Raquel and Jason... Or sorry, not Jason Zucker, just did that one. Ricard Raquel and Brian Rust's season reviews coming up on Friday's Penguins to Go. But that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you guys next time.